Welcome to It's Time on CSN International, the daily teaching ministry from the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. On today's episode, we'll be listening to Senior Pastor Mike Kessler as he teaches in the book of Mark. Each of the four Gospels has a different approach and different audience targeted by the Holy Spirit. The book of Mark is a fast-paced, action-packed tome focused on Christ's role as a servant. By studying the examples of Christ in the book of Mark, we can learn a great deal about what our life as Christians should look like and the heart of Christ. With our study on Mark, here's Pastor Mike. If you have your Bibles this morning, I'd like to invite you to open them to the book of Mark. We'll be in Mark chapter 4. You've always heard about the millennial reign of Christ, the thousand years in which man will live on this earth in perfect harmony with the ecology and, you know, every, everything will be right in this world. And do you know what's interesting? At the end of the thousand year reign of Christ, man has lived in perfect government, in perfect environment. You know what the Bible says? Satan is loosed for a short period of time. And the Bible says a number of people rally against the Lord and his saints there in Jerusalem to make war against them. In other words, they've had to live righteously for a thousand years in a perfect environment and they still rebel against God. Tells me a lot about man. So the Bible's honest and tells me a lot. So I can objectively say, yeah, as reading the Bible, based upon prophecy, only God knows the future anyway, I can say, yeah, the Bible's true. That's why we have that ability to say, yes, this is why I believe and why I believe it. Well, Jesus asked a question. Do you not understand these things? Don't don't you understand this parable that I just told you? Verse 14, Jesus says, the sower sows the word. Now the word is the word of God. And the Word of God hits people in different ways. You ever notice that? To some people, again, we've talked about this before, it's the fragrance of life, and to others, it's the stench of death. (laughs) Because some people who don't, I don't want to hear that junk, and they'll go whomping off. And other people go, I don't want another 10 years like I just had. Tell me more. It's amazing to me how the Word of God hits people's hearts. Again, we understand that different things in a person's heart is what I believe is whether it's nice, good ground or whether it's rocky or stony ground. Or as we read earlier, where the the thorns grow up and the cares of this life choke out that word. Well, he says, I mean, three times and you're out. This guy went out sowing seed. And, and you know what? Somebody might say, you know what? You need to be a little more accurate of where you pitch this stuff. The sower sows the word. Verse 15, it says, And these are the ones who by the wayside where the word is sown. And when they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. And so this is relating to the birds, that when the, sown, when the seed was sown, the birds come and take it away. By the way, it's interesting, birds are always referenced in the Bible in a negative way. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Um, Uh, We'll get into that subject another time, but it's kind of an interesting study sometimes to look every time that birds were mentioned. You know, just real fast, you remember um, Joseph when he was in prison and the butler and the baker were down there. Evidently, there was some kind of a coup to kill Pharaoh and they didn't know whether the butler did it or the baker did it. And everybody always thinks the butler did it. Well, in this particular story, the baker did it. We remember the butler gave the story and he, he gave a dream that he had and Joseph goes, in three days you'll be returned back to, the, back to Pharaoh's side. And, and the baker, hearing that, felt really confident so he told him about a, 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 a dream that he had where uh, birds were pecking away by his head and 
Joseph goes, whoa, they're going to lift your head off of you. You're done. Birds again, not such a good sign. Jesus said, uh, kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that grows and the birds come and lodge in its branches. Well, a mustard seed in, in, in a plant in Israel is like an Idaho sagebrush. It's not like a mustard tree like we see in America, but it's, it's like an Idaho sagebrush. Well, it says that it grows abnormally large. It just kind of, some must have been grown near some nuclear plant. But anyway, it grows abnormally large. And the Bible says, and the birds come and lodge in its branches. And what he's saying there is when something grows big, a lot of times there's a lot of enemies that hide in the branches. And so when there's, there's a big movement, God does a revival, there's always those that come and lodge in the branches that aren't good. And that's the meaning of that. But anyway, birds in the Bible were not a good thing. Well, here he says it's Satan that comes and steals away the seed or the word of God that was in, uh, uh, sown in their heart so that it would not have the effect that God's intention would be. Now, now we know that real conviction comes through the word of God. That's why we remember the power that's in the word of God. We remember when Jesus was being tempted by Satan after he'd fasted for 40 days. What did Jesus do when Satan came and, well, if you're really, you know, God's son, command this stone to be made bread. Again, Jesus could have told the, commanded the whole mountain to be made bread if he wanted to. But, but what Jesus quoted to him was scripture because that's what's powerful and that's what stops the, the power of the enemy. And so Satan wants to steal that away. So that was the first one. Well, these likewise are the ones who sown on stony ground, who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time, and afterwards, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now, this is the second group, the ones that fall on the stony ground. And, and there's those that receive it, and yeah, it's great, but then when, when you, you really come down to living it, friends, again... Uh, the Christian experience is not something that we uh, we accept Christ as our Savior and then we just drive off in the sunset with our shades on. Again, uh, if, if you're going to be a Christian, Jesus said, in this life you will have tribulation. There's no way around it. Now, sometimes that tribulation is different for different ones of us. It's not always the same. And so uh, the, what may be that which is a, 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 maybe a, a, an issue in your life may not be an issue in somebody else's life. But you know, it's interesting that the devil knows how to work you to try to make your faith go away. And so that tribulation, when there's no written themselves, in other words, they haven't really decided, as that old saying goes, I haven't really decided to follow Jesus. They're, they enjoy the idea of fire insurance. That sounds good. You know, if, you know, if there is a, you know, that old three dog night song, I pray there ain't no heaven and I, you know, I pray there is no hell and I don't believe in heaven or whatever the story goes, but that's the whole idea. They like the idea of the fire insurance, but the commitment is where they lack. And so it says when tribulation or persecution comes, they kind of wash out. And so that's a dangerous place to be. Verse 18, now there, now these are the ones who are sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word. And the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desires for other things in entering in choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Now, this is tragic because, friends, I, I think a lot of us have seen that. I, I've seen people that accepted the Lord. They were all messed up on drugs and all backwards and everything like that. And, and God begins to do great things in their life. And pretty soon they're enjoying the blessing of God more than the blesser. <laughs> they enjoy the blessings in which God does. But the Bible calls them thorns. 
Now, you know one thing about thorns? I'm amazed about thorns. I have, since I moved to Idaho, I have a whole new perception of thorns. Because we have our better fair share of them here. Now, there's one little thorn that's kind of interesting. And it's, and, and, and it's about that big. It looks like a little, it just got massive stars on it. And if you wear those flip-flop things, um, they really like to stick to the bottom of those. And then you can track those into your house and then find those little thorns in the middle of the night with your feet. One, one of the things I've noticed about those, when they're growing, they are soft. I, anybody know that? Have you ever seen that? You know, like if you live out in the country or whatever, and you see these this green, and it's kind of almost a iridescent green. It's really pretty. And you go out there, and you can put your hand on it, and it's nice and soft until it all dries out. And, and I mean, it's like carpet. And it's really neat. I, I looked at that for the first time. I go, this is neat stuff. Until it dried out. I remember my friend ran out one time. And uh, we lived out in the country. And a room made of mine. And he ran out. And I, I, I still remember. It was about 2 in the morning. He forgot something in his car. He ran out to go get it. And I hear this blood-curdling scream. And I got up. And I yell, what's a matter? And he goes, come get me. I can't walk. And I remember going out there, and I had my shoes on, and he, he, was, he had his undies on, and he's out there, and, he, and he, I go, what's the matter? He goes, thorns in my feet, I can't move. And so I picked him up on my back, and we <laughs> flopped him down, and for the next hour or so, with a pair of tweezers, he picked out all the thorns in the bottom of his feet. Now, my point is, is this. Thorns, when they originally come up, aren't pokey and nasty. They can be quite soft and quite comfortable. The problem is, and that's the deceitfulness of thorns, is that you don't always recognize it's killing you until it dries out and it's too late. Friends, a lot of the things that I think people takes their heart away from God are things that maybe at first maybe seemed like a hobby or or something that that was kind of enjoyable. But then as, as, as it begins to dry out, then all of a sudden, all the focus of my life now is upon those things rather than on the things of God. And what might have started off to be something that you thought would enhance your life now is the very thing that's dragging your life down or dragging you away from God. Now, does that happen? Yes. And as a matter of fact, that's why Jesus gives this parable right here is because it is a reality. It's something that can happen. And it's something that destroys people's faith. Notice he says, the desire for other things, entering in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Now, it's interesting here that the word is still there. It just doesn't do anything anymore. The word can be there, friends, in a person's heart, but it becomes unfruitful. It just becomes dead. You see, one of the things, remember this, the Pharisees had the word. As a matter of fact, I always thought that was interesting as they were plotting Jesus' death. Or later on in the book of Acts and some of the other apostles and Paul and all. They had rolls of scripture under their arms while they're plotting people's deaths. Who love God. So it's possible to have the word, you might say, but not have love. It's possible to have the word, but not have it active in your life. Because the things of this life can take those take that, that first and foremost thing away from, from the Lord in your life. And so, verse 20. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, bear fruit, some 30, some 60, 
Some a hundredfold, literally, is what he's saying there. Now you look at that and you realize this. Friends, not always sowing the word is always going to be effective. Don't let that get you down. Don't let that bum you out as you share your faith with your friends. And some uh, may go, oh, I don't want to hear that stuff. Others may say, hmm, that's interesting. That's a novel concept. Tell me about religion. Others might say, oh, yes, I want God in my life too. And then the things of this life choke out that faith. And you get discouraged and give up and say, I'm never going to share my faith with anybody ever again. Friends, I, I want you to know this. Don't give up. First of all, you don't know which time in their life, maybe their heart might be stony ground. Sometimes, you know, and, and sometimes it may very well be that maybe if it's on dry ground, maybe we need to bring a little water to it. Maybe it's on real soil without much, rocks without much soil, maybe bring a little soil there. In other words, you know, the Bible tells us that we become all things to all men, that we may win some. Now that doesn't mean we become a drug addict to minister to drug addicts. But it may mean that we need to be able to understand where they've come from, and to be there for them when they finally get to that point in their heart and their life where they say, yes, God, I need you. Well, the word that's sown. In verse 21, don't try this at home. He said to them, is a lamp brought to be put under a basket or under a bed? (laughs) I think Jesus had a sense of humor. Put a candle under a bed or under a basket? Well, is it not to be set on a lampstand? For there's nothing hidden which will not be revealed, there's, nor has anything been kept secret that will not come to light. If anyone has ears, let him hear. Jesus here makes a statement. And he's saying, look, speaking of the sower and speaking of your light, don't put it under a basket, don't put it under a bed. You're meant to be placed where you can be seen. You say, well, I don't like that. I like to just kind of be a guy in the back, you know, a face in the crowd. I don't like to be out in front of where people see me. No, that's not where God wants you. You know, again, that's why, again, when God uses you, that immediately people see those things. And you know, Well, again, friends, listen. You say, well, Mike, I'm not good enough to be a Christian. <laughs> Who is? You know, there was an old, I heard a lady one time say, I'm not worthy, but I don't care. Friends, none of us are worthy to be a Christian. None of us are. And the thing is, is that in the midst of us serving God, there's a lot of things in our lives that aren't right. And a lot of times people who want to discredit what you are trying to do in sharing God's love want to focus upon the things that aren't in your life. Let me share this with you. Again, it isn't you. It's the Holy Spirit in you that does the work through the Word of God. And again, you are a living testimony of the power of God. There's a lot of things people can argue with concerning the Bible and God and theology and philosophy and all those kinds of things. But you know, you're a living example of a changed life from what you once were to what you are now. And again, I would just invite you to not be discouraged. If somebody comes and for some reason you did your best and didn't seem like nothing happened. Maybe even in different individuals' lives. But you know, again, there is that ground that is right. That when that word from your heart goes into theirs, as they see what God has done in your life. And we're not saying we're perfect here. What we're saying is in the midst of our imperfection, God uses us to reach out to people that don't know any difference. Listen, God will use you and bless you and heal you. Let God be that person in your life. And don't worry about what everybody else says. A lot of times we want to say, well... Again, God, I tried that. It didn't work. 
Well, this sower went out three different times and it didn't work. But it was the fourth time in which this word hit the good ground and it brought forth a crop. Friends, again, a lot of times we see that. Now, this morning, for instance, people would say, well, why is hearing the word so important? Because that word is where we're convicted of the life we live. And friends, listen, we all have areas of our life that we know that we want God to change. But it's not where I, until I get really honest with God and say, okay, God, I want you to change this in my life. I don't want to keep going the way I've been. I don't want another 10 years like I just had. That is where we say, okay, Lord, come in my life and change it. You, you see, that's why Jesus died on the cross, so that you wouldn't have to continue in the sins that you're in. He would save you from hell. He would set you free and give you a new purpose of life, a new purpose of meaning. And so I'd invite you this morning, if you've never received Christ as your Savior, Maybe that you would say, Lord, I I want that word, I want that seed, you might say, to come into my heart, and I want it to grow something. Lord, I want more than just, oh, something neat to know that, oh, there's a heaven someday, but Lord, that I'm really going there, and I'm going to do and be part of your kingdom to bring other people in to that kingdom. I don't want to just be somebody that hears the word and go, oh, that's nice, yeah, bye, see ya. Or the cares of this life, maybe if choked out, maybe once a relationship that you had with the Lord. And, and, and it seems that that seems to be the way to go, but it never really satisfies down in the soul. I would just invite you to consider uh, your life this morning. And if you're not where you know the Lord wants you to be, we're going to pray. And you can ask God to uh, come in your life and change you. The Bible says that he will. You, you can be that, that, that field that has the, the good soil in it, and, and God will do something great and wonderful in your life. And then in eternity, you'll have a reward that lasts forever, not just something that's temporary, that fades away. And so if you've never prayed and asked the Lord into your life, and you're tired of the life you live, you want to repent and get out of it, I would just invite you to pray this and let the Lord change your life. And maybe you've been a Christian, you've been distant from the Lord, maybe, the, again, the cares of this life have taken its toll on you. Or maybe there was once that word in your heart and the devil came and took it away. Maybe he took it away through philosophy or maybe, so to speak, education that oftentimes people, well, you can't be a Christian and be educated because uh, being, being a Christian is foolishness. Have you ever studied the evolutionary ideas? Talk about foolishness. That one morning, a bunch of cats got up and they turned into dogs. Well, had time. Well, then they realized that there's not enough time because of the distance uh, of the diameter of the sun getting uh, smaller every year. And if you go back to the number of years that they said are needed for evolution, 15 billion years, and they throw those numbers out again like they're the national debt. If you get out that far, the, the diameter of the sun is out by Jupiter. There's no time to evolve. And so now they've come up with a new term called sudden abruptness. That's where, again... Cats went to sleep as cats. They woke up the next morning as dogs. And they think we have some funny faith. Friends, listen. DNA and RNA let you know that evolution isn't possible. And if there is a God that made everything, then what does this God want from his creation? And I would invite you today to set all those things aside. Those lies that the devil has come along and taken that word out of a person's heart and now go back to a relationship with him and just let God refresh you and heal you and bless you. And then you have a purpose, again, to be a sower of the seed. And as you sow seed, you're going to see people that will be touched in eternity eternity because of your faithfulness. And that's a great thing, to know that people are directly going to heaven because of what you did in your life. Friends, that's a reward 
the Bible says that fades not away. That's Pastor Mike Kessler on It's Time. If you've missed any part of today's episode, I'd like to inform you that we offer It's Time for free as a podcast download in the iTunes store. If you'd like a hard copy that you can keep and share, give us a call at 800-357-4226, and the operator can help you with that. Don't forget, It's Time to Grow. Pastor Mike's book on the Christian walk is also available completely free for you by calling that toll-free number I just mentioned. Tune in next time. For more, it's time. It's